Loading. Welcome, everybody. I am your host, Brian the Hype Ballard. And we are going to go over SummerSlam 2022. Tap Out Talk presents Results and Thoughts. We've got a lot going on tonight. A lot going on tonight. We have a last man standing match and a final confrontation between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Did it exceed expectations? Absolutely. And I want to talk about it with you. We also have an overall card. We have the first match card in major pay-per-view or premium live event, pick your poison, where Vince McMahon was not influencing the card. And how did it work? Let's get in and find out tonight on Tap Out Talk SummerSlam 2022 edition. All right, everybody. So our first matchup is going to be the Raw Women's Championship. And it's going to be, you guys will remember, one year ago. It's a rematch of last year's SummerSlam. Opens this year. Um, Basically, the rematch last year was when Lynch beat Belair in 27 seconds after Sasha Banks failed to show up to the event. And the fans are on their feet as they now have two an intense stare down. Lynch is wearing a red and Bier is wearing blue, symbolizing fire and ice, two elements that are going at it. So uh, we get this matchup, and you think about how quick that 27 matchup started. And this rivalry started at SummerSlam last year, one year ago, right? Bianca Belair with Becky Lynch coming back as the you know returning legend champion, and she got starstruck. Belair got starstruck from Lynch, and it caught her, and she got counted very quickly in a pin and then that caused a bitter rivalry as big time Bex was born and she took on a different persona to lead throughout the group so what we're going to now have is the matchup of these two ladies so like I said let's get in so one of the things I want you guys to be aware of um, in this matchup we have uh, fans that are on their feet and an intense stare down. Lynch is, again, they're wearing their outfits. And then lockup starts and Lynch immediately targets Belair's arm, right? So that's kind of where this begins. They start with Belair's arm and Belair gains momentum and follows a lapse in judgment. However, on land's impressive, they have, on the land, they have impressive acrobatic moves. On the outside, Lynch lands in a leg drop from the barricade back in the ring. They trade counters. And Lynch tries to attack again on the outside. But Belair counters everything that lands uh, on a suplex. Lynch's arm is hurt, and it's hurt as hell. And she tries to go for a crossbody, but Belair catches her, and Lynch uh, counters it into a stunner. The champion goes for her finisher, but Lynch captures her in, in the disarm her, as they call it. And Belair manages to keep, manages to escape and bring them both out of the ring. 
uh, where she lands a KOD to Lynch. So at this point, another KOD attempt inside the ring, but Lynch counters and she lands straight into the standing spinebuster. Manhandled slam by Lynch, but only to lock up for a two. Roll up by Belair and one by Lynch. And then up top goes for the manhandle slam, but a Spanish fly counter by Belair and then a KOD, the kiss of death secures the win for the championship. She retains her title, and as expected, Belair and Lynch um, actually put on a show for the ages. So yeah, they put on quite a show for the ages, guys. Um, We're getting a lot here, so we're getting a you know, at the end, so we get on a great match. Um, I definitely say it's an A. These girls have had a feud for many, many, you know, a year now, and they've been going on it since last year's SummerSlam, and they had a couple matches, and then they had a Mania showdown where she won it back again, right? So she had a return, and this is definitely over a year. This is a rivalry at this point, and so she was able to, and this is the end of a rivalry because you want to know why? At the end of the match, when Belair won, Becky hugs Belair, signifying that fire and ice can blend together. And that's what we get. We get a hug in the ring, sportsmanship, and a recognition that Bianca Belair has finally made it. Now, what's going to happen with her next opponents? We get that answer tonight, too, after this grade A match. We get the fact that we found out Bailey is back. After being out a year, Bailey has made her return to the WWE. She's not alone, however. Dakota Kai and Io Shirai actually have arrived into the WWE mainland. And they've attempted to take uh, an attack at Belair, but Lynch comes off her comes right up to her A and comes back into the ring. And at this point, they're all the ladies are staring each other down, and then Bailey takes her new crew. And walks away. So that's something to think about here in this one. Is we got the closing of the Lynch Belair, you know, dynasty of these matches, but now they're teaming up against this new threat or faction with Io Shirai, Dakota Kai, and Bailey in a new heel stable that they may have to get back to back with here and so, you know, good enemies, better friends. That might be the theme in the caption for these two. But for right now, don't forget, your end result for the Raw Women's Championship match is none other than Bianca Belair. I like it. This is the exact type of match that Bianca Belair needs to be in. She looked solid. She looked good. She had an opponent she was very comfortable with, right? And a very experienced ladies that know how to wrestle and develop well. I think adding Becky and Bianca... And even adding in Bailey to this matchup, I feel Bailey and her heel group, I see all five of these ladies in the ring, and I see them all having some fun with this title and this match. So I'm liking it. Uh, maybe we can turn the Raw title. Maybe we can turn the Raw title into a tag team Raw title women's divisions. Maybe we can merge those. 
<coughs> I mean, we're, we're dealing in the world of merging anyway, right guys? So let's do that. Let's merge them together and have one title, and one tag titles. I can live with that. All right, let's get back in here and we're gonna go into our next matchup. So our next matchup is Logan's brother. Uh, I wanna start out as Logan Paul versus The Miz. Logan's brother Jake's uh, boxing match scheduled for next week just got nixed. So entrance, uh, the entrance attire was nice for Team Miz with the green, pink, and black. And Logan Paul uh, WrestleMania attire for Cobra Kai. He's wearing the old Cobra Kai WrestleMania attire as he comes out. But I really like what The Miz did with the bright pink and green um, for him and Ciampa and Maurice. That, that was a nice touch. So... You know, didn't expect much out of this match, but I'm going to keep watching. And then we got The Miz tries uh, to one-up Paul right away and has him on the floor. And Paul is able to showcase some wrestling with a fireman's carry. That's a classic wrestling move. And then Paul then lands, uh, punches to The Miz's gut, and blows. Um, and his blows look better than Shane McMahon's, I'll be honest. But he does the splits and counters Miz. Kicks to a roll-up for a one and a two in that. Okay. Moonsault by Paul to the outside. Yes, a moonsault. Uh-oh. Logan Paul can wrestle. Okay. Back inside, Paul lands on the hard chops in the Miz, who basically, you know, does a code breaker to Paul's face. Champa, who is in the Miz's corner, lands a cheap shot. The Miz lands the yes or the it kicks, depending on the fan you are. The yes kicks, I'm going to call them. Uh, blockbuster by Paul. A throwback to when they teamed up at WrestleMania. So Paul lands his own kicks and a figure four leg lock. I really like this part of the match. A figure four leg lock. It gives a nice um, conversation to you know, Ric Flair and his last match ever that he's hosting this weekend. So that was a nice nod to the Nature Boy by The Miz, which I really, really appreciated. Uh, Paul lands um, a crossbody after the Miz gets out of the su uh, submission attempt. Ciampa gets ejected from the ringside. What? Okay, so here's what's happening, guys. Basically, Ciampa gets ejected because AJ Styles, that's right, AJ Styles basically got thrown out, and he throws out Ciampa for interfering. So... Ciampa gets ejected, and he doesn't uh, want to leave, but AJ Styles comes out, like I said, and he throws Ciampa into the crowd. And could it be Could it be that AJ Styles is the one secretly training Logan Paul? We're going to find out on Monday Night Raw. So I bet you it is. These two are now going to have a nice little team-up match. So what we're going to have then is um, then Logan um, hits a phenomenal, phenomenal. See what I did there? frog splash outside the ring onto the Miz and Maurice with the chain um, and Paul lands on a skull crushing finale for the win and the paper um, on paper the match had no reason to be that good really it was just two guys being thrown together guys but it showed his dedication to prepping for his WWE match uh, Logan Paul impressed me it's a very solid encounter between the two. Paul is just getting started, okay? This is only his second match ever. And this guy has some serious skill and some serious moves. And he's got 
an industry that just loves, you know, people are going to jump on him if he keeps this up. So Paul is just getting started as a very impressive um, when you think about it. So just, you know, that's something to kind of, you know, make a nice nodding. And the fact that he's nodding to Ric Flair and the, and the legacy and that the fact that he's nodding to the business already, it tells me this things. It tells me he's a fan of the industry. It tells me he gives respects to the elders of the industry, the veterans. And it tells me that he can put on a good match. And that's, again, what I truly appreciate. So, so that's one of my things that I just look at when I look at Logan Paul. I was like, he's got the whole package, and he can get it done. And he's popular outside the WWE. If he wants to stay around and actually have a wrestling career, I think he could have a nice, long wrestling career. And we could be doing this era of WWE. Think about this for a minute. Where maybe, perhaps, stars that are from outside of the WWE come here to actually see what they can do in a sports entertainment world. You've done it with The Miz, and Logan Paul is the exact same concept. He's popular for basically nothing but being popular. And so I feel like, yeah, we could see guys like this become, and The Miz could be the gateway for these kind of guys to steal Hollywood back, right? So let's go on. All right, up next, we have <clears throat> Lashley defends against Theory. That's what's coming up next. We have, as Lashley gets in the ring, Theory attacks him with the Money in the Bank briefcase right away because this is for the United States Championship. The bell rings, and Theory tries to outstrike Lashley. Lashley gains the momentum, however, and drops Theory to the floor. Theory is attempting to leave the ring, but Lashley stops him. Theory lands um, a rolling drop kick, and then Lashley and Theory exchange punches in the middle of the ring, running power. And there was a running power slam by Lashley at this point, right in the middle of the ring, boom, right in the SummerSlam arena. It was shades of the British Bulldog from SummerSlam history years ago, the running power slam, right? So I like that Lashley did that as a power wrestler. Um, he goes for the spear, but Theory jumps out of the way. And Theory goes for a drop kick again, but Lashley grabs him and he puts him in the hurt lock. And Theory taps. He taps so hard. This was a dominant performance by Lashley. He was mixed in with a few moves by Theory. Um, a loss continues the tradition of the Money in the Bank winners getting pinned, right? So um, it does set Theory up for you know, a potential cash-in later on tonight. So we're going to have to go wait back and wait and see what happens there with the cash-in since he does not hold any gold and he has reasons to go for gold. So um, very interested, though. But, yeah, like I was saying, this match, yeah, you got, you know, Bobby Lashley. You got the slam. I like the big mid-pace and the – Bobby really showed a big man action in this one. So I like that. I like that they're going – to a dominant big man because after Brock you got Bobby Lashley and Bobby Lashley needs to be that back to dominant attitude so at the end of the day who should have won this match yeah I'm going to tell you guys it should have been Bobby Lashley now I'm really confused on theory and what we're going to do with him I'm hoping that he doesn't just become the jerk of the WWE that always loses I think he's got more skill than that but I think they're making him earn it in his rookie year so, without further ado, let's get into the next one. 
All right, guys, and the next one is the no disqualifying match. And that is Balor, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest of Judgment Day with Rhea Ripley outside. Um, they come on down to their first match against Ray and Dominic Mysterio. That was recently changed to a no DQ match. Both teams attack right away. Um, there's a Hurricane Rada and Ray and Judgment for Ray and Judgment Day. Um, have already been put up on the outside. So Ray held the ropes for Dominic's, um, who landed in a dive in the ring, and Ray honors Eddie Guerrero. Dominic is in the match, but is overpowered by Balor and Priest in the match. Now dominates Dominic. Dominates Dominic, say that 20 times. Balor um, now mocks Eddie Guerrero while not giving Dominic a chance to get some rest. So, in this match, they land a few big moves, include a seated senton. It kind of goes all over the place. This is supposed to be no DQ, right? Um, a bulldog by Ray gets Priest down. And then Balor tries to use a chair, but Ray grabs it and he uses it against Priest. Ray then slides him and the chair on the outside of the ring onto Balor. Um, there's a super kick by Priest, a 619 attempt is um, by Ray is foiled and thanks to the clothesline from Balor. So now we have a drop kick to Ray and Dominic. Stops Balor from going up top. Top rope Hurricane Rada and Ray, but only one of two. Um, assisted Hurricane Rada, but Ray and Dominic. Double 619, halted by Ripley, by Rhea Ripley, um, who drops Dominic and the sound of heaven by Priest to Ray. And the lights go out. And then you can't imagine what happens when those lights go out. We ended up with something so much more. We ended up with a lot of pyro and a lot of noise. And we ended up with the return of the rated R superstar. Straight from the brood. Edge. That's right, guys. In this no DQ match just got interesting. Edge is back, everybody. Edge is back. And you know what? He is in the best shape of his life. He's looking. He's got a great brood outfit. He hits boots on Priest, and he spears Balor in the ring. And then he lands a spear on Priest. The double 619 to Balor, and Ray pins him for the win. One, two, three. It wasn't much of a no DQ match, but... I will say this. Um, it wasn't much of a no DQ match. It was solid overall. Edge coming back just in time really made it. And all four men, plus Edge and Ripley, did what they were supposed to do without losing interest in the crowd at all. So these guys um, actually did a really good job. Now, where do they go from here? Um, it sucks, right? Because Edge put together Judgment Day. And then he got kicked out of it. So I guess he's just going to go on a solo fight by himself. And you've seen the promos leading up to this for all weeks long. So I'm glad to see Edge back and tap into his history and his roots. And we're going to see where he goes from there. But yeah, the Rated R Superstar. That is the brood approved as Edge. And he is back. All right, coming up next, we've got a grudge match. We've got Pat McAfee versus Baron Happy Corbin is up next. It's an, an acquire um, has come out to chant bum bum asshole Corbin, right, over and over and over again. 
No seven nation army entrance for McAfee. Um, so basically, super kick by McAfee right away in the ring. These two are going at it. Super kick. Uh, McAfee goes on the attack, and Corbin lands a few punches himself. Uh, there's a hurricane rata by McAfee. McAfee puts Corbin on the ropes and lands a flip. Corbin lands, however, lands a drop kick, and then he, he manhandles McAfee in the middle of the ring, outside of the ring. Corbin pushes McAfee around. Back in the ring, McAfee puts down Corbin and then lands a top rope dive. Um, Corbin slams McAfee onto the announce table. Corbin gets a com on commentary and mocks McAfee's family during the match. Very a la rock style. Except for he was drinking water. In continuing in the ring, McAfee recovers and goes up top and superplexes from the top rope by McAfee. Corbin and McAfee trade shots in the middle of the ring. Uh, the end of days is attempted by Corbin, and McAfee lands a low blow. McAfee wants to continue to impress, continues to impress, really, right? So McAfee lands a low blow. The referee's distracted. A code red by McAfee boom, for the win, right? And that was just a nice code red. Bam! Right to Corbin, right? And then McAfee continues to impress. After he gets this win, Corbin was the perfect dance partner for him tonight. He did just enough, right? The match was slow. The match was quick. Like it was a slow-paced, short match with a little hints of ups and downs quickness. And I think it's a great win. Um, the ending may have been sloppy a little bit, but both men made up for it in a sloppy effort um, by the two former football stars. So, I mean, keep in mind, this is the battle of the form NFL, right? This is the former football stars going at it in a ring. You got a punter, and uh, I think it was a linebacker, right, for Corbin. So, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those filler matches. I don't think it was anything good, but at least the WWE had a story built up to it. And I've noticed that theme tonight. They got stories now built up to every match that happened tonight, and that's how it should be at every premium live event. Hey guys, I just want to say real quick here at Tap Out Talk, like, share, subscribe. If you want to connect with me on Twitter, that'd be amazing. But love you guys, appreciate the support. Now, let's get back in. All right, so we got the castle. We got the clash at the castle five weeks away from today. We got Drew McIntyre who shows up. Um, he gives us a recap of how he is going to be the number one contender for the winner between Brock and Roman in the main event later at Clash at the Castle. And he'll be ready for either one. So the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, it will be defended at Clash at the Castle for Drew McIntyre. And he is excited. And there's a lot of energy coming out of Drew after that win on Friday night against Sheamus. So I see Drew McIntyre having a nice matchup and being able to look really good against Roman in that match. All right, and then finally, we got a lot more going on. We got Jeff Jarrett. We've got, um, as the special guest referee for the Unified Tag Team Championship match that we've seen 20 million times over the last so many months on TV and premium live events. But that's okay. You know why? Because we've got Jeff Jarrett, J A R R E T, the greatest that will ever be. 
Jable J. Jeff Jarrett taking over as special guest referee. So you got this Hall of Fame legend, right, who's uh, definitely going to, you know, call it fair and call it down the middle for these two gentlemen. So Jeff Jarrett comes out. And he's ready to be the guest referee. And the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships, the Street Profits come out with the Tennessee Titans cheerleaders cheering them on in the beginning, right? So that was kind of a nice touch for the football stadium. Dawkins attacks Jimmy Uso right away. And Jimmy Uso comes in and controls the early portion of the bout. Dawkins is in trouble early and he has being isolated. Jarrett tries to lay down the law early and Jimmy tries to two hip bumps. Um, in the corner, but fails on the second attempt. Montez Ford is in the ring and picks up a, uh, the place. Jay lands a kick, but Ford lands a blockbuster as a reversal. Um, neck breaker to Ford, but not only for two. So um, then after that, we got Jay and Jimmy and Jay try for a double team, but Ford stops it. Dawkins lands on the top rope senton. Spinning neckbreaker from Dawkins. Um, Jimmy, with a kick of his own, a double team pounce into the suplex for the Street Profits. The Street Profits are really trying a lot here because you remember the last month of Money in the Bank, they got screwed for the titles, right? Um, the referee, his shoulder was up, but the referee still counted, which kept the titles on the Usos. So that's their big beef, and you can tell they're getting mad as this thing goes along. This is kind of their final match, right? So we're closing a lot of loops tonight on a lot of stories so we can start fresh with some new stuff. So, go continue on the action in the ring. There's a double super kick. And Jimmy lands on an Uso splash. And then um, they only get that for a two count. Usos go for a double top rope splash. And as they are trying to get that, you know, it does not work in their favor as much, right? So, basically what we're looking at, um, they're just going to keep going in the match, right? So... Yeah, they jump way up and boom, down on the splash, right? So then at that point, um, after that top rope splash, Dawkins gets out with a, um, and he hits a spine buster and Ford on the top rope splash. Uh, Jay kicks out, Ford yells at Jarrett, and he runs with a super kick on the outside of the Usos to throw him out. Um, the 1D by the Usos, and they retained the title. So basically, it was another one. They just went back and forth, super kick, super kick. And then at the end of the day, they're the ones that are retaining the titles here. So they've got the titles retained. Jeff Jarrett doesn't look too happy. Uh, but he is glad that, you know what, he called the match fairly, like he said. I like Jeff Jarrett. I think adding Jeff Jarrett to this matchup added a lot of value, okay? I feel like it was, you're in Tennessee, for one. You're in the country music setting. You gotta have Jeff Jarrett in here as a Hall of Famer. You know, these are the moments you gotta make in the WWE to help put over the newer stars and to work with these guys. So it's kind of cool. It gives them a rub and it gives them a taste of it too. So um, surprised that Jarrett didn't have a bigger role in the match, but that's fine because it's a big win for the Bloodline and they are still holding on to their titles, which means can Roman do that in the main event? And we shall see. So right now, we um, just get a face-to-face -face interaction next, right? Kid Rock's in the building, and Riddle is out now. 
and his match with Seth Frickin' Rollins is now nixed following an injury not long ago. And Rollins comes out and lands on the stomp, lands a stomp on Riddle. He arrives, he attacks Riddle, and he leaves. So this was a face-to-face -face interaction. And I see this interaction going on, and I'm like, all right, they're building to Riddle versus Rollins at Clash at the Castle. That's what I'm going to call it. Riddle's Rollins Clash at the Castle, okay? Along with, I'm going to say... Drew McIntyre getting his title shot against the winner of the main event. So they're slowly getting to that clash, right? I'll be interested to see what else they kind of pull off. All right, up next we've got Morgan. Liv Morgan defending her newly won at uh, Money in the Bank SmackDown Women's title against Ronda Rousey. Morgan cashed in her Money in the Bank briefcase against Rousey not long ago. Rousey is extremely hot out the gate in this fight. And then Morgan attempts to get the fight back, and Rousey lands hard on her kicks, a code breaker by Morgan, and Rousey goes for the arm bar. She switches to the other arm, and she rolls up Morgan, but when she does, she turns it into a submission, and then there's like a crucifix uh, driver by Morgan, but only for a two count. Other crazy things, there's a quick judo taken down by Rousey. She lands on the armbar. She takes Morgan you know, up on the ropes, and she realizes that, okay, there's a lot more to this, right? So she takes her more and more and more. And then, you know, this matchup just keeps going on and on. And eventually another armbar gets taken in, and Morgan has now lasted in an armbar for longer than any other Rousey UFC opponent. So they're building up Liv Morgan, and I love it, right? She's the kind of girl you can get behind. And so she's tough. She's lasted the longest in Ronda Rousey's armbar ever, right, for any ever UFC opponent. That's a great stat. Morgan, so she has her rolled up, and Morgan <coughs> rolls up Rousey for a three count. One, two, three. But Morgan is tapping in the middle of the pen. However, but the referee didn't see it. It didn't happen. So Rousey now basically attacks Morgan and lands a big armbar, and then she lands an armbar to the referee as well. So what happened here at the end was the referee was counting the pen, as you see in the picture, and he was counting the pen on, Rouse, on Rousey's shoulders being down, even though Liv was standing in an armbar and tapping. So the referee called the pin and not the tap out. I like that finish, okay? It keeps this rivalry going a little bit. So she basically was a short, dominant performance by Rousey and Morgan getting lucky again at a certain point. Um, not the most ideal booking decision, but when Morgan is champion, still, it was a creative finish for a feud and they got the belt on the girl they still want it to be on. So one of the things, you know, I'm going to say too, end results, I mean, they build up Ronda as this... Brock Lesnar beast like like when her went snapped and she started slamming the armbar on the referee and I maybe did fighting the officials I was like yeah let's do that and then when I see Liv Morgan on the outside looking like she escapes a monstrous you know attack and kind of holding her arm that possibly could be broken right I said they're building up Liv to be a hero and surviving this big bad beast of Ronda Rousey so they're using these two perfectly and I want to see more I want to see how how she can keep avoiding her 
and how she can keep her title even longer to see if she can last. Maybe Clash at the Castle. That will come up. Alright, up next we have Kane. You guys remember Mayor Kane? Uh, he's the mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, so he's there in real life. Um, and he's here to talk about SummerSlam and the attendance record. And the attendance for SummerSlam this year in Tennessee Titan Stadium is 48,449 people in attendance. And then for old time Saint Kane raised his arms and boom, fire out the ring post because he can still do that when he's in a WWE ring, even though he's a mayor. So that is a cameo by Kane. Nice touch, WWE. I like the way you used it. All right. Now we're going to get to the main event. We're going to get to a match. The last standing match. The final confrontation. We're going to see the unified WWE Championships. And the Beast, Brock Lesnar versus the Tribal Chief, Roman Reigns. Let's get in. This matchup starts off with Lesnar with a Luthez press. As he's driving it out to the ring, he stands in a tractor. He brings out a tractor with a front lifter on it. And he has a Luthez press off the tractor. Suplex onto the floor by Lesnar. Another suplex, and this time from the top of the steps. Suplex onto the equipment and an F5 attempts and Reigns pushes Lesnar out of the way. Reigns is driven into a steel, into the steel. German suplex by Lesnar. These guys are fighting on the outside of the ring. It started with the bell. It started with Brock Lesnar jumping into the ring saying he was going to kick Roman's ass and he just started out and they rang the bell. They're rolling, they're fighting, they're going at it, right guys? And so the next thing, you know, as they're fighting in the ring and duking it out, you're going to go ahead and get, you're going to go ahead and get a nice boom, Lesnar's flipping Roman right out of the ring. They're going to go to the outside and they're going to fight a lot. They're going to go out there. Lesnar, they're hitting each other with steps. They're going to hit each other with all kinds of items, tables, chairs, oh my, right? We got the spear, we got the F5, we got the Superman punches everywhere. And about six of them to take Brock down everywhere throughout the ring. But wait, there's more. There's so much more. All right. Next, after Brock is beating Roman to a bloody pulp, he throws him back in the trailer. And he lifts up the trailer and dumps Roman into the ring, his lifeless body. And you want to know what happens next? The referee starts a 10 count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Not enough. And that is no 10 count. And Roman is up. Brock, pissed off, beats down on him. Then he went and grabs the tractor. And while Roman's still in the ring, Brock takes the tractor with the front loader, shoves it under the ring, and lifts it up off the ground, throwing Roman and dumping him outside on the outside of the ring and leaving the ring in shambles, as you guys can see. 
Um, there's so much mess. There's carnage everywhere. I've never seen anything like this ever in my WWE watchings ever. Pandemonium gone wild. So at this point, they're forced to fight on the outside. Brock is laughing of what he just did to the WWE ring. And he gets off his tractor and he goes and he stalks Roman Reigns. As he does, they go and they fight and he goes after Reigns and the Usos come and they try to throw him off, but Brock fights them all off, right? Brock. And at this point, Paul Heyman is begging for mercy. He looks at Brock and he says, I was good to you for 20 years, Brock. Please don't hurt my tribal chief. This is how I make my money now. Please, I was good to you for 20 years. Brock says, nope, picks up Paul Heyman. Boom! And F5 moves them into the tables and the chairs at the announcer desk. Now, as he's going back over towards Roman, Roman is getting the upper hand. Roman gets the upper hand from that distraction. And then, all of a sudden, what could happen next? Nothing than a Mr. Money in the Bank cash-in. Austin Theory is running down the very long ramp of SummerSlam and he's hustling as fast as he can and he makes it so far down and he runs and both men are up, Lesnar and Reigns and all of a sudden he goes up there and then the briefcase is ripped out of his hands by uh, Lesnar and then basically he smacks him with it and beats him with it and he gets beat down with his own briefcase so he actually did not get through the act of handing the briefcase in for the official cash into the referee. Austin's out of it for the rest of the match, but the briefcase is not. The briefcase gets picked up by Roman and he starts smacking Brock with it. It just adds to more pandemonium gone wild. And then it gets crazy. The Usos get involved. They all beat down on Brock and then they knock him out and he's out cold and they cover him. They cover him with broken tables, chairs, stairs, oh my. And then the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then you have Roman who is standing on top of the mountain while the referee counts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Nine, two seconds away from that final match being done ever. Nine and ten. Your new and current WWE Unified Universal Champion and the defeater of Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate, your tribal chief, Roman Reigns. What we get next is a celebration by Roman and the Usos as they walk out the ring. Tired, exhausted, the Usos are carrying Paul Heyman way out the long ramp and arena looking beat up. The Usos look exhausted from defending their titles. But all of these men have earned every championship that they have and the status in the company that they maintain. And what will happen next? Will Drew McIntyre 
be able to take on Roman Reigns at Clash of the Castle and be able to take these titles away from him. Only time will tell. Roman stares at the camera and he gets both titles in his hands. And we now have a showdown between Roman and Drew in Drew's home country. Who will be the man to take down Roman Reigns? It won't be Brock Lesnar. We've very clearly got that answer tonight. And we don't know who it will be to eventually take down the Tribal Chief. The Usos, strong as ever tonight. They looked amazing. If you think about it, SummerSlam, I'm going to go to my final thoughts. This was a good show. This was the first show without Vince McMahon. There were still some of Vince McMahon's plans in this show, right? But I want you guys to realize this was a good show with a great main event that passed the torch. You passed the torch a lot in this show. You got the end of the Becky-Bianca uh, match in the rivalry, right? And they're building into something new with Bailey and her crew. You got the main event, stellar final confrontation between Brock and Roman. A bitter long rivalry that's now finally to the end. You also got the final end to the Usos and the Street Profits, a match that has been going on and on and on. And you know what? The Usos and the Bloodline are all back on top again and still haven't left. You're also getting the question of Austin Theory. Is he going to be a star or is he going to be just somebody that kind of clowns around with a briefcase and actually never use it? Will it be a successful cash-in if he's strategic enough? And then we get... A little mini program in the mid card with Edge and his return. Edge versus Judgment Day. Edge versus Finn Balor. That's going to be the matchup to see. Maybe he runs a gauntlet against everyone else. Guys, I want to say thank you for joining me on this channel. Thank you for joining me for my thoughts, my final thoughts and results on WWE SummerSlam. 2022 have a good night everyone all right guys thank you like share subscribe you know what to do and it's not goodbye it's game over but you can't stop.